0: Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes, today's Clark-rageous moment is about yet another state trying to restrict free enterprise. Stay out of the free enterprise market. Stop passing Protective legislation to protect the people that are already there. I'll fill you in on that later. And later yet, Thanksgiving. Yep, sorry, time to talk turkey. And that is for Thanksgiving travel. I'm going to talk to you about the strategies to not pay a zillion dollars for Thanksgiving travel later. Right now, though, it is time for the most important news of the week. And that is tomorrow night. The NFL season kicks off. Yes, that is the most important news of maybe the month. Because I love football. And so TV is not part of my life from after the end of the Super Bowl till the beginning of the football season each year. I just don't watch television. But football, well, it's my life. And so the NFL is back, not as popular as it used to be, especially with millennials. They've not taken to football, college, or NFL. Attendance is way down for college football games. And uh, viewership is down for the NFL. And I think about how many people in their 20s and 30s would much rather go to a soccer game, a professional soccer game, than a football game. My 29-year-old daughter, who hates sports, loves going to see the professional soccer, loves the experience. And she uh, has never before she got into the soccer, has never been interested in any sports event ever unless it was when one of her siblings were playing were playing in a game or actually sitting on the bench watching other people play in a game. Anyway, we're not a real athletic family. But whatever, the NFL gets going and because of this loss of connection and football not wanting to follow the path of baseball which has really lost so much of its relevance in American society because they were just chasing the dollar too much when baseball was at its peak of popularity a generation ago and they made it where it was not approachable for young kids to go to a game for families to be engaged with baseball, and they let TV make all the decisions, the NFL realizing that they may have peaked like the Roman Empire and are now in a decline, the NFL is like, wait, wait, wait. we got to stop trying to squeeze every last nickel we can right now, and we're going to make this season available to people on their smartphones. You don't have to have a pay TV package. You're able to see not every game anywhere that you have to have NFL Sunday ticket, but you're able to mimic what's available on your local um, pay TV outlet. You're able to see it on your phone simply by going to the NFL app. So almost every game that would be broadcast locally in your area is now going to be available to you on your phone and on tablets, no TVs. They want to reserve that to try to force you to get your TV some way paying somebody. But you know that you can get a connection cable that you can connect your phone to your TV through an HDMI outlet on your TV and be able to watch what's on your phone, and you should be able to use a Chromecast for this as well, so your phone would become like a remote, and you will be able to potentially watch the game on your TV, again, without having to pay a pay TV subscription. So this is my time of year, now till February, and I'm obsessed with it. It's just a fact. Connie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Connie. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You are from the state with the reigning Super Bowl champion. Indeed, I am. So are you here to
1: talk about a European river cruise, and I hope you can help me.
0: I'll do the best I can.
1: Hey, several friends and I have been talking about taking a European river boat cruise in 2020, and I wondered if there was one way better than the other to book it to save some money.
0: Wow, you are an advanced planner. Indeed. 2020, and you're already ready to lock in on it. So uh, the river cruise market is really strong right now. And do you have a particular European itinerary that you want to do? Or are you flexible on that?
1: Well, we're flexible. We've been talking about a couple of different ones, but nothing's written down in stone.
0: The more flexible you are about the dates you can go in 2020, the cruise lines, the river, the river lines you're willing to go on, and the itineraries you're willing to do, the more money you'll save. That's actually more important than where you book the cruise, whether you use one of the high-volume cruise-only agencies, whether you use Costco Travel, um, wherever you choose to book, is secondary to you being able to be flexible enough that you can grab a deal okay i think we can be flexible all right so i'd like for you to spend as much time as you can until you're bleary eyed on cruisecritic.com okay and you'll be able to read about the uh, various uh river cruises and see which ones, there's two criteria here, positive or negative. Which ones you're going to feel like fit your group and would be ones that you put on your list to watch prices for and which ones you're definitely not going to want to go on okay. by, by reading the reviews at Cruise Critic. And then you can follow prices Um, if you come up with a matrix of what dates you and your friends can all go, and you just keep watching for deals available because cruise rates are so dramatically different week to week because of the cruise lines are able to look and see what kind of um, occupancy it looks like they're trending towards. And when they see booking soft on a particular week, they'll then put that week Uh, on sale with special promotions if they see a week is really booking strongly or they know historically that a particular week books strongly then they're not going to offer deals
1: so would this cruise critic help me track that
0: cruise critic is really um although they have some pricing information there cruise critic i like more for the actual um picking out like a surgeon with a scalpel which ships you're gonna want to go on by reading the reviews people post there okay because you know there's a lot of competition now in the river cruising market it's like the hottest part of the cruise industry right now in terms of growth
1: So for sure, when should we have it
0: booked? Uh, Yes, we're a little ahead of the game, but... No, a lot of people uh, plan way ahead of time, book really early, and if that's what's comfortable for you, then uh, when you see something that's like a really not just promoting that it's a good deal, but you can tell because you've been looking at prices, you can tell this particular week on this ship is a real bargain then you just buy it right then. Okay. And one thing, if you're going to book far ahead, and by the way, um, my producer, Joel, just flipped something around for me from Cruise Critic. They have a briefing on how river cruise prices work. Oh. And so that should be really helpful. It's an older article, but the information in it should still be really useful to you. All right. Um, one thing, booking uh, either a traditional cruise or a river cruise, you got to have trip insurance.
1: Yeah, we've talked about that already, and everybody agrees.
0: Okay, or you can use a credit card that comes with free trip cancellation, trip interruption coverage if you, just for using that credit card to book your cruise. Okay, never heard of that. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a common benefit. I have a card that does that. It's the Costco Visa that comes with free trip insurance. So it saved me a lot of money on cruises because usually you're going to have a trip insurance charge of about 6% of the cost of the trip. And being able to avoid that by using the Costco Visa when I book a cruise has been a great money saver for me. And I hope that you have a great time together. And I have trouble planning past today I'm so impressed that you can plan something for 2020. Timothy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Timothy. Hi, Clark. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good. How can I be of service to you? We are looking to relocate, and we will be renting. Um, And
2: it's a little more than a handshake deal with a landlord, um, which we uh, were uh, previous acquaintances with and it requires a credit check and i was just looking for a good source that would um, perhaps suffice him um, of our credit score but um, only uh, requiring a soft hit on our credit as opposed to a hard hit
0: so a uh, renting an apartment or renting a home is not a traditional credit inquiry and generally under the scoring models should be treated as a soft inquiry not a hard inquiry Okay, so with a um, with a hard inquiry anyway, the impact to your credit score usually will be somewhere about oh eight to twelve points, although that's just a general range, which is not enough to be devastating to your score and it's only a very short term impact on your score. okay, very good. So I wouldn't fret too much about that. Okay. So you're trying to get the landlord instead of doing a, um, an inquiry that you provide the score. And generally, landlords are not going to agree to that. An individual landlord might, but a traditional apartment complex or professional landlord is not going to generally trust the score that you pull for yourself and they're going to charge you an application fee, and that application fee, part of it, covers what they have to pay as a trade line to get a credit report on you. But I wouldn't fret about that too much. It's time for today's Clark Rages moment, and this is compliments of the state of Illinois that the legislature in Illinois objecting to the free market, kowtowing to special interests, this seems to be a theme recently on the Clark Regis moment. I just had one recently about Missouri, where the special interests are controlling legislation. But now, Illinois.
1: Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment.
0: The nation's largest car rental company, Enterprise, along with its competitors, got together to write a piece of legislation, yes, the lobbyists for these companies write the legislation that then a friendly legislator introduces for them that would effectively ban car sharing in the state of Illinois. The car rental industry sees services like Turo where when your car is sitting idle, you make it available to other people on a peer-to-peer share, kind of like how people do Airbnb, that this was such a threat to the car rental industry that they got this bill through the Illinois legislature that would make it essentially illegal to share your car with somebody in the state. Now, what right does enterprise have and its competitors to try to ban the free market. Well, the governor of Illinois vetoed this, and congratulations to the governor for not letting this kind of trash go through. Enterprise issued a defiant statement following the governor's veto, and this is a problem all across the 50 states. You know, we need to have an innovative economy. We need to allow people to earn a living in whatever way they wish, as long as it does not break the law. And creating a law to make a legal activity illegal is exactly the kind of thing we shouldn't be doing. We should encourage innovation. The fact that on your smartphone, you can download the Turo app, and they have a couple of competitors doing this, but you can download the app and then you can say, hey, I need a car for the day, and hey, this guy two streets away will rent his car to me for X number of dollars a day, and you set completely free market what it's worth to you to have somebody use your idle vehicle. This is just another example about how assets that sit unused, unloved, because our cars sit idle somewhere around 95% of the time, turn that idle time into cash. It's great. But I guess if you're a car rental company, you're like, wait, 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 wait. A little pipsqueak is going to rent his own vehicle and take a rental day away from us? We can't have that. We're going to get a law passed, so they can't do it. That is completely Clark-rageous. Run a good business, maybe you'll get enough business, and not try to change the laws. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. I had my first call about three weeks ago from somebody trying to figure out how to book Thanksgiving travel. And... It is the most difficult time of the year to fly, because you have the four busiest travel days of the year, the Tuesday and Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the Sunday and Monday after Thanksgiving. New data crunched, and the travel industry finds that right now is generally the cheapest time to book Thanksgiving travel, generally. So... There's no ironclad rule that you buy exactly on this day or that day. And for the exact route that you're traveling to go see family or friends or whatever for Thanksgiving is going to be the exact moment to get the lowest fare. It's only a pattern, only a trend. But the trend that's usually pretty clear is that booking for Thanksgiving travel earlier is significantly better than booking later. Now, I want to tell you the strategy that I use for Thanksgiving, and it's to book early on Southwest Airlines. The reason is, with Southwest, there are no change fees. So if I book a ticket for Southwest, for example, my daughter who's off at college, I'm looking right now at her reservation and her reservation is on Southwest and I did an initial booking for her about a month ago. I just changed it again today because a better deal came along today. Actually, in this case, it was just a better time for her flight. And so I monitor it repeatedly knowing the parameters of what Steffi wants, I have been able to change this flight several times at zero dollar cost. That's the enormous advantage with holiday travel, including Christmas and New Year's, when you book your travel on Southwest, because they alone, of all the airlines in the United States, they are the only ones that don't charge a fee for change or cancellation. Let's take an example. Let's say closer to Thanksgiving, a deal pops up on another airline that's substantially cheaper than what I have Steffi booked at on Southwest. It doesn't matter because I can book that fare on the other airline, she can come home on that other airline, and the Southwest money is not refunded back to me, but it's held like a gift certificate for one year that it can be used for alternate travel. And so, since you don't know the day of the lowest possible prices for where you want to go, booking on Southwest is the absolute go-to for holiday travel. Now, looking for fares, though, Southwest, their fares don't show on anybody's search engines. And what I'd like for you to do with holiday travel is set up a fare alert. Go do a search... The two most popular places people do this is on Kayak and Google.com/flights. You do a search for where it is you want to go over Thanksgiving, or it could be Christmas, New Year's, and you see the current fares. And then there's a little button you click on to then get alerts when that fare drops, and you get to see historical patterns and what costs might be with Thanksgiving. Remember I said the most expensive days are the Tuesday and Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the Sunday and Monday following. If you can alter your flight pattern in terms of what days you go or return or both, you will save a great deal of money because those peak days are the most peak and then other days trail down. Uh, If you really want to save money, you go to wherever you're going Thanksgiving morning you fly and fly back to wherever you're going back to Saturday night. And the fares doing that should be typically about 40% of the fares or 60% lower than the fares would be on those four peak days. Now, if you just want to know where the deals are, Thanksgiving is one of the best bargain times each year to go to Europe. Europeans don't celebrate Thanksgiving. There's no business travel. The airlines don't have passengers. In fact, Thanksgiving is one of the best times for you to use, if you've got a pile of miles on one of the full-fare airlines, it's one of the best times of the year for you to use those miles for the front of the airplane. Now that uh, the full-fare airlines tend to use variable mile redemptions for flights, If you live in a place where you can fly nonstop to Europe and you redeem against the mileage charts for the front of the plane, your redemption level should be much better than normal. Again, because the airlines count on the front of the plane seats being heavily booked by business travelers, none of which exist during the Thanksgiving holiday period. So those seats are begging for customers. And also for front of the plane, Christmas is a great time for you to go anywhere international if you're sitting with a pile of miles in the front of the airplane. Your greatest payback on points is in the front, not in coach. Most people use points to do an upgrade or to book a coach ticket. But if you're somebody who's been piling up miles with one of those airline cards or you fly a lot for work, Use the holiday periods that are so busy otherwise to go internationally. Now, you're not going to be able to go before the 24th of December, and you're not going to be able to return New Year's, maybe New Year's Day, but certainly not the second or third of January. You're going to have to flex a little on your dates using points going around the Christmas, New Year's holiday. Thanksgiving, not much flexing is required to be able to get a real deal using points. But on the airfare side, you're doing just a domestic trip to go see family wherever. If The more you check on the fares, the more obsessive you are about it, the lower the price you'll pay. But again, the big problem is if you book with one of the three full fare airlines, American, United, or Delta, and a cheaper fare comes along, That cheaper fare you're going to have to just look at, you can't grab if you already bought a ticket, because the change fee may even exceed what you paid for your ticket in the first place. And that brings me back to the secret sauce of Southwest Airlines, and that is that they don't do the gotchas. Bags go free, although I don't check bags, and you don't have to worry about the change fees if a cheaper fare does emerge. So... Good luck finding that Thanksgiving deal. Hopefully, you will. And I know most people travel for Thanksgiving within a couple of hundred miles of home and drive to grandma's house or wherever it is you're going. But it is for travel by air as busy as it ever gets. Brian's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Brian. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you, Brian. You're thinking of either I'm trying to follow. You think of starting your own business, or what exactly are you up to?
2: Yeah, so I'm interested in starting a, a franchise opportunity, hopefully with a QSR or uh, fast casual. I've been in the industry. QSR. For... Let's
0: explain. You are you are yeah. inside the industry. That is that <laughs> yes, is an industry lingo. Quick serve restaurant. Yes, sir. Yeah. (laughs) um, Do you you read the QSR magazine? uh, Not as much. um, (laughs) I actually read articles from QSR.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm looking to start up one. Um, I don't have a whole lot of wealth built up, um, but I've been in the industry for 10 plus years. So I feel like I've, I've got what it takes to be able to make a go of it um, and I just wanted to kind of ask your opinion of the best resources or guidance in navigating that process because uh, you know I want to make it make sure that I make a sound smart decision. Right well um, the biggest
0: change in re- and I don't know if I'm going to share anything with you you don't already know so I apologize if I'm saying things you're already focused on but the biggest change in Restaurant franchising in the last 15 years that has only um, ramped up is franchises that don't require the big upfront cash from you to have. You know, it, it used to be that a, a restaurant franchise with the costs you'd have to bear could be in the millions of dollars for you. And Chick fil A really was the one that that changed the business model to an operator model versus a traditional franchise. And lots of other people have now followed where you have the disadvantage that you serve at their pleasure that they can dump you at any time, but you have the advantage that you don't have any significant cash outlay and you do a uh, in the most common operator business model It's a 50-50 split of profits. And so any of the operations that work with an operator model would eliminate for you, with the experience you already have, the knowledge of the industry, it would eliminate you having to come up with the big pile of cash up front.
2: And what would be the best resource
0: to help navigate which ones offer those models? Um, And This is going to sound crazy. But it's going to sound like so obsolete, but it's still, the best way to do it is to go to one of the trade shows where uh, restaurant operations are trying to attract new operators and franchisees. Okay. Because, you know, there'll be, there's, it's common. Have you been to any of those shows? I haven't. So you go to those and they have all the kits they're trying to attract people and a lot of the movement in the industry has moved towards lower upfront cost because what the, what the restaurateurs really want now is they want people who have the experience and have the drive and where they can have more control over what happens in the four walls of that business. Where the that traditional franchise model, a lot of the parent organizations don't have sufficient control if quality issues start popping up at a location. With the operator model, they've got that control over quality that is so important.
2: Awesome. And any guidance on, um, as I navigate that process, um, lawyers and CPAs and um, people to help me you know, review the disclosures and things like
0: that? Sure. So you got to know people over your years working in the industry who are operators or franchise owners, and not all of them are people who are going to look at you as a threat. Uh, People who you know in a local area are your best source for people who can review contracts, who have accountants who understand the bookkeeping requirements, of a restaurant business I mean learning from others who are already there doing what you want to do is going to be your best way to find people who you're not going to have to say sit with an accountant and say no 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 in a in a in a quick serve restaurant we have to do this that and the other you want somebody who already has been through that learning curve and knows
2: that makes sense
0: best to you in running your own business Thank you very much. As an entrepreneur, I can tell you it is the greatest freedom operating your own enterprise instead of working for someone else.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Kathy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kathy. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Kathy. You also have a daughter in college, just like I do, huh? Yes, I sure do. Last year. (laughs) Well, congratulations.
4: (laughs) Yes. Yes. So uh, my question is, as she's in her senior year, is we are needing about twenty thousand dollars in money for tuition. And we've been looking at uh, two options, either borrowing from our 401k plan or um, her school did offer us one of the federal parent plus
0: loans at so seven point seven point five percent is that what they are
4: yeah right about there 7.5 7.6 and then there's a they have a, a roughly a 4% origination fee they yuck. charge you yuck so we're just trying to decide what's the smartest financial way to go with this
0: well 7.5% is a pretty ugly rate has she borrowed uh-huh. what she can under Stafford yes Yes. So that's at four yeah. and a half, I think?
4: For yeah, right about four and a half.
0: All right. So for yes. you, you, do you own your home with a lot of equity in it? We do. This may sound weird, but it may be substantially cheaper for you to close that gap with their senior year with mm-hmm. a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit. Oh, okay. Because that would carry a lower interest rate than you'd have on the student loans now uh, the amount you need to borrow is how much about 20. all right so that that would make sense to me because you're not going to be in a position where you're putting your house at jeopardy borrowing Mm -hmm. for a graduate degree you know a professional degree of hundreds of thousands of dollars twenty thousand dollars borrowed on a home equity line of credit You should even though the rate floats you should be able to start somewhere in the fours likely if your credit score is good substantially cheaper than it would be on the parent plus loan how long do you think you're looking at a payback cycle to pay back the 20.
4: um it it really depends i mean ideally three years but it could be longer it's just hard to say so
0: if if three years felt like that was a reasonable target doing the home equity Uh Uh, line of credit would work well a lot of financial institutions will set those up for virtually no cost Mm -hmm. and the other alternative if you felt like it might stretch to five take Uh a little bit higher fixed rate in a home equity loan and do a five-year home equity loan credit unions specialize in those and Mm -hmm. offer by far the best rates on those okay are you a member of a credit union yet Yes, we are, actually. All right, so we I would are. go talk to a credit union loan officer about both of those, because okay. odds are both will carry a meaningfully lower interest rate than that parent plus.
4: Okay, okay. So my, I guess my other question was, I, I thought I had read with the, the new tax laws that... Um, the home equity and the home equity line of credit weren't really available for things like this. But well, it's
0: just the interest is not deductible, but I think it's still the right way for you to go versus the parent plus. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks so much for listening today. You know, there's a giant team behind bringing you everything we do at Team Clark. Our podcast and radio show are produced by Kim Drobes Joel Larsgaard Deborah Reese and Jim Ayers my TV producer is Leah Dunn Clark.com is made possible thanks to Krista DiBiaz James DeGaulle John Crest, Theo Timu Michael Timmerman Craig Johnson Beth Marcinko Clara Bosinetto, John Jones and Grace Del Rio ClarkDeals.com where you can find the best deals from around the web is produced by Karis Brown Laura Sayers Sarah Jordan and Demond Marley. You can sign up for our newsletters at Clark.com thanks to Sally McDonald and our social media gurus are Chelsea Glass and Nicole Carroll. Our Off-Air Advice Center is run by Lori Silverman, Sarah Mobley, and Sue Gatliff. And their team's available to serve you over 40 hours each week at 404-892-8227. And this is a free service of Team Clark. Thanks for listening till next time.